maybe, just maybe, this offseason is still going to get weirder and more busy for Ohio State. Welcome back to the podcast daily. It is Monday, full week ahead. And uh, what kind of news could Ohio State have this week? That's Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. All we know for certain, Bill, is that Bill O'Brien is a candidate at Boston College. On Friday night, it seemed like he might be the candidate, and there we were trying to scramble the Jets. I had at least three different people tell me, I think this is happening, and I got a little bit panicked about it. Mm-hmm. Not for Ohio State's sake, for my own, because I was not in a position to like do a live version of Snap Judgments. And then it'd be like, well, what does that mean for the next two weeks? This is not resolved. It's speculation, but this is not the kind of spot I think that Ryan Day would want to be in at the start of February. No, I especially with with this hire, like never never did it occur to me that Bill O'Brien, and I, I don't I don't necessarily mean this to come off the wrong way, like would be a college head coach candidate in, in the year twenty twenty four. Like it's it's just not the kind of profile of a person I would look for. Obviously, he has a tremendous resume, um, and I love the idea of him as an offensive coordinator, especially in a place like Ohio State. But it was just never on my radar personally that that something might happen, and you know, a sitting college head coach leaving for a defensive coordinator job in the NFL is certainly out of the ordinary. So it's an unexpected opening to begin with, um, and it's probably you know it's it's a unforeseen headache, but but a headache nonetheless. I think for Ryan Day to try to navigate this and keep people um, in the woody abreast, I guess of 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 what's happening. I don't think. You know, if, if Bill O'Brien ends up being the guy for Boston College, that would suck for Ohio State to invest the, you know, time and resources into hiring him in the first place. And he's been on campus for a little bit to kind of get the ball rolling on stuff. It's it's something they could overcome, but it's certainly not an ideal situation. And, uh, you know, if I'm Ryan Day, I'm not necessarily looking forward to having to go back to the drawing board in early February to find my offensive coordinator. I'd be kind of just pissed off because I don't yeah. think he would be a candidate at Boston College if he didn't get hired by Ohio State. So I think like it's because the Ohio State attention has put him back on the radar in this way, I think. Uh, and, and you know, Jeff Halfley, come on, man. That's twice. Twice in four years <laughs> that he's just screwing over his good friend Ryan Day. Uh, but honestly, no, I feel bad more for Ryan Day than I do like, uh, you know, like, oh, how does how does he respond to this? Like, just when you think it's okay to take a breath and exhale and, and you're like, okay, we spent all this time and energy and building out and waiting, being super patient and finding the right guy. And then it's February 5th and you're like, well, shoot, now we have to start over. And like that, that is just going to set off another wave of problems around the country for someone else. Because, you know, we were all under the impression that if, if it wasn't a guy like Bill O'Brien, an NFL guy, coming to Ohio state that there was a, a chance it's Jason candle. Like, and then all of a sudden Jason candle takes the head, you know, the, the offensive coordinator job at Ohio state on the second go round. And then what, then they reach out to Brian Hartline and make Brian Hartline, the, the head coach at Toledo. Like it's just, it's never ever stopping anymore. And I think it's just, it's just so like indicative of how crazy and chaotic college football is. You just can't even breathe anymore. I am a little bit concerned that Byrne was able to skip ahead two steps to Brian Hartline being the head coach at Toledo. Like he's going full blown panic mode here. 
I like that my my initial reaction was to tell Ohio State fans like, hey, if this happens, it's okay. And Berms was, if this happens, Brian Hartline's going to Toledo. I'm just saying, like, we, we don't obviously I don't really mean that, but like is the, the the carousel never stops. And it used to be like there was a deadline when when like coaching moves were finished, and now it's like it's when when does anything stop? And, and I think coaches you know, need portal windows because I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know we're talking uh, one of the guys we keep hearing like if it happens with Bill O'Brien going to BC that Chip Kelly becomes back in play. Like he's the freaking head coach at UCLA. Yeah, like just because he was interested in potentially being an NFL offensive coordinator doesn't he mean was, that he's he was make reportedly reaching out to Iowa about their offensive coordinator spot. Well, he just likes corn. <laughs> Come on. I, I mean, maybe, I don't know. That seems far-fetched to me. We we did talk about that as an option in December when we thought that he was going to be fired at UCLA, but to leave a sitting head coach job in the same conference to then go be a coordinator at Iowa or Ohio State seems a little like a fever dream. I don't know how Yeah, but it's also just a reminder of how terrible the UCLA job is right now. Well, I think that move for Chip Kelly would also come with a, I think it's a $1.5 million buyout of his contract in addition to what you'd have to pay him to be an offensive coordinator, which I would guess would be like $3 million. And I don't know that Ohio State wants to invest four and a half or five and a half million dollars, whatever. I can't do math. Four and a half million dollars into its offensive coordinator position. That doesn't seem like the best use of its resources. Yeah. Uh, this, maybe this won't happen and maybe this will all be a, a moot point. Uh, later in the week and Bill O'Brien will stay and all of this speculation can just you know fade away but it's it is a reminder that if you're going to take swings like this now you don't think that two weeks later is when you're going to have to make that move to replace it but if you're going to hire people that are in demand and you want coaches who are in demand you have to be prepared to have plan b plan c uh and move on and find other coaches like that's that's co- that comes with the territory, and it you're going to push things to try and get uncomfortable at Ohio State. Ryan Day's shoved those chips in to make this push for 2024. There's no way that he thought being that aggressive would potentially come at a cost within two weeks. But this is, as Berm said, like this is the way it works now. Like this, the 365, the coaching carousel is not going to slow down. Jeff Halfley ramped it back up again in a really unexpected way, but. If Bill O'Brien is this coveted and in demand, which I, I I agree with you, Bill, I'm surprised that this caliber of job and a head coaching job in college would make a lot of sense for him. Um, I don't think any of us have talked about in the analysis of Bill O'Brien to Ohio State that like he's going to come in and be a dynamic recruiter. He understands the NIL space. Like I think they wanted somebody to call plays, and that's pretty much it, and run the offense. So it's it's so bizarre that <laughs> this is a conversation we're having for everybody. Yeah, but it does make sense for him on a personal level. I mean, he he has a special needs son. He's been in Boston like that. That that sort of thing makes sense, and you can understand why he would be drawn to that. But from the other side, it, it is hard to understand why Boston College would be looking at Bill O'Brien to be the guy because it seems like the type of place where you're going to need a dynamic recruiting head coach in order to to bring your program back up a bit. Um, and even as, as dynamic as Jeff Halfley is as a recruiter, it's not like they were lighting the world on fire in the last four years on the field. So uh, it, it is a bizarre uh, like pairing, I think. But what you look at is Ohio State and you go, if, if I think 
And I thought that the Bill O'Brien hire has the potential to be like one of the best hires Ryan Day has made since he's been the head coach at Ohio State. But if he's gone in two weeks, then all of a sudden it goes to being a pretty bad one by no fault of Ryan Day's. I do wonder, like, if if this happens, and it, the the longer this drags on, I guess the the less like or the less I believe it's likely to happen. Um, I think it is purely like a personal family thing for Bill O'Brien. Like Jeff Halfley, I think made under three million dollars as Boston College's head coach. We don't have the contract information yet for Ohio State and Bill O'Brien, but I would imagine he's in the neighborhood of two million dollars already. So it's not like he'd be doing it for a substantial uh, increase in his salary. Um, Berm, like, Berm laid out points that I think are important in this conversation. He's from the area. There are things to consider with his family, one of his sons in particular, and like the medical care they can get in Boston. They're already there. Like I, I said this to you guys, like in Slack, like I covered, I covered Bill O'Brien when he was at Penn State, and it was a big talking point when he got hired about his son um, and the medical care that he needs. And I, frankly, like have been a little surprised they've been able to like manage that and move around as much as they have already throughout his coaching career. So it's not surprising to me at all that an opportunity to stay in Boston would be appealing to them. And, and also not surprising that Bill O'Brien would, would want to run his own program again, right? The last time he was a college head coach, I thought he did a pretty damn good job at Penn state um, and did a good job when he was with the, with the Houston Texans by and large. And it was kind of fizzled out at the end, but he also made the playoffs, I think more often than he did. And then won his division a few times. So like, clearly he knows how to be a head coach and run an organization. It's just like in, in a era where it seems like it, the, the la- like the last thing you'd want out of your head coach is like a guy who like schemes it up and draws up nice plays. Um, and you need like roster management, booster management, NIL, all that stuff. Like, I don't, I don't know if Bill O'Brien's cut out for that. So that's what makes it surprising. But, um, if he does make the move, I, I won't be shocked by it. Um, but also like, I guess, I guess this is a lesson too. And like, everything has gone incredibly smoothly for Ohio state this off season. It seems like, so I guess there was bound to be a, a potential hurdle or, or, or difficulty for Ryan day, um, to overcome, um, by and large, it's still been an incredible off season, but. Maybe we were a little naive to think like, oh man, this is all going great. Nothing, nothing wrong's gonna happen. Nothing, nothing, uh, nothing for Ryan Day to try to navigate around is gonna come up between now and the start of the season. Yeah, just when you think that it's nothing but smooth skies, there's always gonna be a little bit of turbulence in an Ohio State offseason. And this wouldn't have been where I predicted it, but it does put back into the spotlight. I think if there's been an overarching concern, criticism evaluation of Ryan Day, the first-time head coach. And this is not just me talking. This is multiple people around the program, inside the athletic department. Like, can Ryan Day nail the personnel decisions? Because you look throughout his tenure so far, that has been where the most uncertainty has been. Bill, you you were looking at this and, and thinking about writing about, you know, ranking some of the hires for Ryan Day as as Berm said, this Bill O'Brien with a big swing and the way that it fits and the way that we've talked about it for the last couple of weeks qualifies as one of the, maybe the potential for the best one. But if it winds up only being a two week deal, that's obviously a very different matter. And the variance between the people that have been at Ohio state under Ryan day, the successful hires and the not so successful ones, there's a, there's a huge gap there. And that's why it's yeah. like, that's, what's going to determine the success of year six for him is making sure that this staff is 100% right and maximizing every opportunity available to him. Well, that's that's the challenge that comes with being still a relatively new head coach, right? He doesn't he doesn't have the deep role with that. I think I think Berm has made that point a couple of times and, and you too, Austin, like it's not like he's been a head coach in college ball for 15 20 years and he's got like a network of guys that that he could call upon when he's trying to fill 
needs. I guess on on one hand, it's like kind of impressive that you can land some big time hires when you don't have that. And I think he's done that, like with obviously with Jim Knowles and Tim Walton's killing it right now. And Bill O'Brien, as you guys have said, has been an incredibly big swing. But um, there's just no place to turn, I guess, that's obvious. Like like Jason Candle maybe is the is the most obvious one because we know he was involved beforehand, but it's not like there's no tree here to, to like kind of go down the branches and figure out, Oh, if it's not this guy, then it's this guy. Or if it's not this branch of the tree, it's, a, it's an extension of another tree that Ryan Day is, is associated with. Right. It's, it's a little difficult, which, which I think makes staff management for him at a place like Ohio state where like you have to nail it with big time hires every time um, a more challenging task than it would be for, for a more established coach. But that doesn't mean he can't do it. It just, you know, it, it lessens the, uh, the margin for error, I guess. If it means I get a second shot at Kellen Moore at Ohio State, then it's worth it. <laughs> you never had a first shot. Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator Kellen Moore? I don't think so. Did he take that job? He sure did. Son of a gun. You never had a first shot at it, Burn. Eh. He was never going to be a college offensive coordinator. A man can dream. What, uh, about his no, I mean, it, it, what? Taylor Decker? No, Kirby Moore. <laughs> Uh, it's just one of those situations where if you're Ohio state, you, you, you know, you don't need to have the deep Rolodex if you're Ryan day, because you're at Ohio state, like Ohio state is the door opener. And and that's the same case on the recruiting trail as it is in hiring, uh, position coaches, uh, the, the Buckeyes resources, especially now that they seem committed to being willing to spend whatever it takes to bring in the right guys. I mean, that that's a game changer in itself. And, um, Ryan Day, despite the fact that he's only in his fifth, you know, heading into his sixth year as a head coach, is pretty well respected around the country and well liked by other coaches. And I think it makes it easy to make those calls. The, the question, though, to Bill's point is like, where do you call next if you have to go down this road? That is a challenge that I think um, Ryan Day is also extremely like myopic. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. Like, when he narrowed in on Bill O'Brien, I think that was the that was the plan from the start. Uh, when when this idea came into fruition of like, hey, we need an offense coordinator, need someone to run the offense. I, I don't think he really was considering anyone other than Bill O'Brien the whole time because I think he figured we're at Ohio State, this this can happen. Um, and then all of a sudden, if things shift, now it's like, oh, Craig, you can't wait another month to make a hire. So this one was going to take a little bit longer if if you put in that position or a little bit. Um, it's a much more like condensed uh, evaluation period because you're two weeks away from starting fall, you know, spring camp. So uh, the Buckeyes are in a spot where if if that happens, then you know, for a guy that has a lot of pressure on the 2024 season, like that ramps up, you know, uh, to a net to the nth degree. It was, you know, we we're just talking to, you know, uh, the transfers and a couple offensive guys on Wednesday of last week. And it's like, you know, this opportunity with. Bill O'Brien, I mean, he's been at New England. He's worked with Tom Brady. He's, you know, he was at Alabama and had a Heisman Trophy, you know, winner with hey, Bryce Young. It's everyone like, forgot all that stuff until last week. Until, yeah. <laughs> again, he, he wouldn't have been in, in this conversation if Ohio State didn't hire him because nobody would have been talking about it. No, I, I mean, we said that when we were, you know, trying to figure things out on Friday night. It's like, would Boston College three weeks ago have been talking to Bill O'Brien? I, I have no way to know for sure, but I certainly don't think he would have been a no-brainer candidate for them. Like I just yeah, there's no think, there's no way he was going to be on the radar in my opinion. His name his name would have been on Bruce Feldman's list, but farther down the list. <laughs> well, you can pretty much pencil in five names that are going to be on every list anyway. <laughs> Bill O'Brien is an easy fit for any job because of his resume, but again, 
Like, does it make sense as a college football head coach in 2024? I don't know. I'm not trying to influence Boston College, their thinking in any way, but um, I'm trying to connect the dots and outside of the family ties and it just doesn't doesn't make sense to me why Boston College would go that direction. Is there yeah. anything more negatively impacted um, by you know for for the coaching list, the coaching search list, than Alex Grinch getting a job? Like, uh, I don't think anyone had that on the bingo card. Like Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll couldn't get a job this offseason, and Alex Grinch has been hired again in the Big Ten. Well, he's not a coordinator anymore. <laughs> Just look at the Peter principle. He's been a pretty good position coach. Who's Peter? Yeah. Is Who's this Peter guy? Isn't that what it's called? When you, yes. you keep getting promoted to the level where you're <laughs> no longer able to perform, you reach your ceiling. Alex Grinch clearly did that, but I don't know why he got multiple opportunities to be a defensive coordinator. Uh, that's, a, that's a Lincoln Riley problem. But yeah. how, about, how about this, Burn? I want to ask you this question. Because my, my favorite thing that happens now is when a head coach leaves somewhere and then that roster becomes available for potential transfer additions, everyone becomes an expert in those potential transfer additions. So I keep seeing Ozzy Trapilo's name all over the place. He's a Boston College offensive tackle who had a good season last year, and everyone wants him to come to Ohio State because he could enter the transfer portal. He's not, and may- maybe won't. He's like a his deep family ties to Boston College. It would be probably pretty difficult for him to leave there. But anyway, people are daydreaming about him. Uh, would you trade Bill O'Brien for him? Uh, if you could get Bill O'Brien to go to Chestnut Hill, like, hey man, I'm really happy to be here, but you should go play at Ohio State. Would you make that deal? No, but I would yeah, say but- that I would hope that if if Bill O'Brien is taking the job there, that Ryan Day has that discussion with him on the way out of town. Like, hey, by the way, <laughs> I totally understand, but you guys you need, to do, national- yeah. you need to do me a you solid. You need to do me a solid. You guys aren't going to win a national title at Boston College in 2024 or the next a hundred years, so. Can you just tell Ozzy that we'll we'll take good care of him in Columbus and and uh, that we could use him and make it a fair? Tra- I mean, we're not that far away in college football from having these sort of trades happen, right? Like it's it's only a couple years from now when when coaches it's- will be traded for player considerations and cash options. So I, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's unrealistic to to think that maybe he has that conversation. It's a three for one, right? It's Cam Martinez, it's Ryan Turner, and it's Bill O'Brien for Ozzy Capillo. Can't beat that. Who wins? Who wins there? I think that's that's even. Huh. I don't know that. Uh, it, well, you, you kind of feel bad, right, for guys like Ryan yeah. and Cam. Like, absolutely. They, that's oh, like I I want to play for Halfley. He's my guy. He's my guy. He loves me. See ya. Oh man. What do you think would be more surprising? Jeff Halfley. Well, he already did this. Going to Green Bay and leaving a head coaching job, or Bill O'Brien getting hired to replace him at Boston College? I, I don't. Mm. I don't. If you had floated this scenario to me a week ago, I would have loved to have tried whatever you're drinking or smoking. Like <laughs> it sounds like a pure uh, work of fiction. Like there's just how could that be? And why did Jeff Halfway want that job so much? I don't. That's. It's because he was going to get fired. Well, that's okay. Doesn't he still have like two years left on that deal? Yeah. I mean, he he got a buyout. He left money on the table to jump to the NFL where they are going to fire coordinators even faster. Like that seems like a pretty dumb choice. Like I am, 
I think I'd be I'm more surprised by Jeff Halfley's move than if Bill O'Brien winds up back at Boston or at Boston College. Like that's I, I've said a few times in the past, like I, there is going to be a run of college coaches making decisions like this because the college game is changing so much. But I, I don't know that I believe it in this case because, as Bill said, I think Jeff Halfley was one year away from being done at Boston College, regardless, and it, it seems like that is a a real nice and convenient thing to say on your way out of town, but I, I don't think it's real in this case, but I do think there are other head coaches around college football that are having these sort of, you know, uh, debates internally because the game has changed so much and it, it's not about what it used to be. Um, but it's also at a place like Boston college, you're never going to win enough to have it matter. So it, it's kind of a weird catch 22. That's why I think I'd be trying to take as much money as possible. That is already contractually <laughs> promised. Like, Leaving that on the table um, wouldn't be me. I'll just put it like that. Maybe the Packers are paying their defensive coordinator $7 million a year. And we don't know. Mm, I bet they're not. <laughs> so, so Bill, Green Bay. Uh, because we, we already sort of scraped the, this uh, topic, but Gilbert. let's talk about the hires that Ryan Day's made since he took over. Oh, they're the Eagles. Eagles. Um, uh, it, because Tim Walton, with another five-star addition on, on Sunday, a five-star commitment from Naeem Offord in the class of 2025, is starting to make people go, well, Brian Hartline might be the second-best recruiter on this coaching staff. <laughs> and that is not a conversation I think we would have ever expected to have. I, I'm not quite there because Brian Hartline has stacked classes on top of classes, and Tim Walton's doing an incredible job. Um, and like it's... I think it's worthy of a conversation. Like who is their best assistant coach right now? I think, I think combined play on the field recruiting results. Tim Walton has certainly a stronger case than most and perhaps the strongest. Um, the thing, I, the thing I'm writing is more about Ryan day's outside hires and not necessarily his retentions. Cause um, or like internal promotions. Cause I, I do think it's worth separating them. So like Brian Hartline would not, in my opinion, be characterized as like a, as a hire, but clearly because well, Urban important. Meyer promoted him, not not Ryan. right. Ryan Day just cut the one staff because Ryan Day smart. Um, <laughs> some of the some of the outside hires have like left a lot to be desired. Um, some of them have been quite good, as I mentioned earlier. Like Jim Knowles was, was a great one. Um, I actually think like Jeff Halfley was clearly clearly a pretty good one. He got a head coaching job out of it. And like Greg Madison, I thought was a really good one too. Um, some of the others like that the. the I think this story is still being written, being written on some of them, like Justin Fry in particular. Um, like Perry Liano's gone. Like I don't. That was kind of a mixed bag, I guess. Matt Barnes was probably more bad than than good. Um, but Tim Walton is like the reason I has like that has me thinking about it in these terms because um, I think among the outside hires, I would say it's a conversation between Jim Knowles and Tim Walton. But at the moment, I might say Tim Walton's been the best. It, it's I, go ahead, Austin. Go ahead. I, I think the for me personally, if, and I brought this up, like if this is the uh, big picture, can Ryan Day handle personnel and coaching staffs and build something to maximize? I think you have to look at the retentions, even if they're obvious, the people that were in the, sure. in the building. I mean, because excluding Parker Fleming or Corey Dennis from this conversation, like that's part of the reason that there are questions, concerns, you know, whatever about Ryan Day making those choices. And this offseason, I think, as we've said, has been very good and a step in the right direction. And he went out and got a and reeled in a very big fish that clearly is in demand from other people with Bill O'Brien. But, you know, 
and it, it shouldn't change what you're writing or what you're thinking. Like if you're just evaluating the outside hires, I certainly get that, but you, they can't be excluded from any conversation about the overall management of the program for Ryan Day, because there are some glaring examples that I have certainly negatively impacted the overall health of the program, in my opinion. Do you guys think that the recipe that you in a Tim Walton hire is what colleges and and not everyone can do it, obviously, because not everyone has the type of success Ohio State's had, but programs like Ohio State and you seeing it more and more around the country. If you can find a guy that played for your program that either spent time in the NFL as a as a player like Brian Hartline did or as a coach like Tim Walton did, that like it is becoming much more important to hire former players. Uh, because I, I think it matters. And Tim Walton, you add in the extra element, extra layer that he's from the deep South. And so I think you actually have like the perfect recruiting weapon when you have a guy like mm -hmm. Tim Walton, because like more and more of these kids are that are in the recruiting world, they're, they're only looking at, can you get me to the NFL? And if guys haven't been to the NFL and they don't understand your program and they didn't go through your program, I wonder if it's like harder to, to sell that type of person to a young recruit and, and their family. Is this another appeal for Eddie George? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I'm not, I, I mean, it, it certainly wouldn't hurt. Uh, I don't think I don't think anyone could argue that Eddie George would be a fine choice if, whenever Ohio State and Tony Alford part ways. But uh, certainly, uh, it's not like something you can fill in at every position. Uh, people go, oh, Mike Vrabel's available to coach the defensive line at Ohio State. Like, that's silly talk. That's not going to happen. But when you have situations like this with Tim Walton, it's sort of like a perfect storm of everything that you want in one guy. To And then you have, you know, the video clips of, Jamar, you know, uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey talking about how Tim Walton's is maybe the best coach he ever had. And uh, Ohio State immediately goes, click, click, here you go. This is now our recruiting pitch. I think it, it just makes it easy. I, I think you're right, but I definitely didn't think that when they hired him. I actually, his, his time away from college, which I think was like 15 years old. Yeah. When, yeah when, when they hired him, I was like, that's not going to work. Because I, I think I think you're right. You do want that combination of college and NFL if if you can swing it, and I think that is becoming increasingly important. Um, and I think like being from the place where you're coaching at is probably becoming increasingly important. But I had questions in my mind about the ability to recruit to college or excuse me, relate to college players and then recruit because the game is so much different than it was when Tim Walton last coached in college. Um, but apparently, I was way off on that because it wasn't any kind of challenge whatsoever. It seems. For Tim Walton, so um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie and say like, oh yeah, I thought this was gonna be awesome from the start. I will own being very wrong about Tim Walton because uh, he's been incredible for Ohio State. And even I, just a year I, ago, I will own being very right. <laughs> yeah, good kudos to Berm. But even like imagine some of the conversations, and we were getting you know on on the message board at OhioState.rivals.com, or you know questions for the mailbags we were doing. Like, can Tim Walton do this? Like the corners were really rough in his first year, and it's like, well. Let's let's let this play out a little bit because his top three corners were all hurt. Uh, they had six scholarship corners on the roster overall. Like even though the next three guys in line were hurt at various points as well. It's like I don't. I think it's probably a little bit too early to make that move or uh, to shift away from Tim Walton. And that that patience did pay off in this case. That's not always going to work, but Tim Walton proved pretty definitively, I think, in year two that he he was worth the investment in that. 
year one is we're going to look back on that as certainly an aberration and and more directly tied to those guys being injured and not able to take his teaching points to the field and, and actually execute um, and inheriting a roster that he didn't really have any chance to build when it came to the guys in that secondary for him. So uh, that that certainly paid off for Ryan Day. If you're talking about some of the outside hires, like it's hard to do much better at those position coaches because to be quite honest, like I don't even know what the skill is. It can be a little bit of a crapshoot if you're going to have, I don't think anybody would have said when Perry Eliano was hired, like you look at working with those guys with Kobe Bryant and sauce Gardner at Cincinnati, like good track record, you know, seemed like getting the most out of players at that level and potentially going to be a good recruiter, a good fit. It didn't work out. Like I, I know that it's no, there's no perfect science in again, Ryan Day made a swing here. It would be through no fault of his own if Bill O'Brien leaves, but um, I don't, we're just, this is what the job requires and they're not, there's no guarantee that it's all going to work out, which stinks because you wish that you could have one. I like guarantees. Yeah, they're good. Um, I guarantee we're going to be at roosters about 1130. Mm, yes, we will. We got a lot of content. Maybe it'll be about Bill O'Brien this week. Maybe not, but we'll be at roosters. Uh, expecting to talk to some more Buckeyes on Wednesday. It's the traditional signing day, which should be pretty quiet, right, Burn? Yeah, just one guy uh, added, Dominic Kirks, the four-star defensive end, former Washington commit. He'll sign on Wednesday, nice and easy. Bing, bang, boom. Hopefully, we and then, can talk to some new, oh, we can new probably, people. We can probably new ask faces. Ryan Day about Jeremiah Smith, because we didn't get to ask him about that on the first signing. <laughs> well, I mean, we haven't talked to Ryan Day since the end of the uh, Missouri game, so it, it is... A lot to discuss. I'm hoping, Jerry, Mike, if you're watching, like I, I want us to be able to talk to the new coaches. Obviously, that may be a little bit of a wrench in things because we don't know what's going on with Bill O'Brien on Wednesday. But uh, if not the coaches, let's get those 16 freshmen out there. Chop, or, chop. Or what about a 10th coach? How about that? I'm saying the new coaches. I want to talk to them all. And then maybe we'll have uh, something new that we're working on. We'll see how that transpires in the week ahead, but a lot of content coming on the podcast all week long. Thanks for joining us on the podcast daily for Monday to start a week off. For Bill Anderson, Jeremy Birmingham, I'm Austin Ward. We'll talk to you later.